0: Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Serial Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy, in Seattle, Washington, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Conjureman Ali of the theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and guest co host News of papanoot.com in Omaha, Nebraska. This week we'll be joined by a special guest, Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com, calling in from Hong Kong, bringing us today's topic of necromancy and mediumship. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. But first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Conjureman Ali and Papa Newt. Conjureman Ali.
1: Thanks for that uh, lovely introduction, Dr. Jeremy. Uh, it's lovely to have you as an announcer. This is a kind of an interesting show with a lot of uh, firsts. So, uh, bear with us. It's going to be quite exciting. We have got Dr. Jeremy joining us as announcer and Papa Newt taking off his announcer hat and joining us as guest co-host. So, lots of exciting things uh, in store for us. I did comment, though, uh, that we are very lopsided this uh, episode in that we have no women on this uh, particular call or show. So, uh, we'll have to bear or, or kind of survive and endure without the ameliorating presence of Miss Cat. Um, she is away this week and will be back next week so we look forward to having her. Uh, this is going to be a fun episode. We have an interesting topic dedicated to mediumship and necromancy. Not something that we've really discussed before. We have talked about cemetery work. We've talked about the dead, but not quite yet in this angle. Uh, So it should be quite interesting. Before we dive into our topic, let's do a quick check-in to see how everyone's doing. Uh, In my neck of the woods, I've been busy uh, cleaning, uh, as I usually do when piles and piles of books start to get too big around me. I start to (laughs) realize that it's time to clean and put them back on the shelf. Uh, So today has been a day of of just kind of dusting, putting back books, realizing I had certain books that I didn't realize I had, um, and other instances of realizing I ordered two copies of something because I lost one, Uh, and then the other one kind of just shows up. Uh, So it's been been a bit of a a sort of book administration day, if you will. Uh, Lots of sort of cleaning up of my uh, shelves as well as cleaning of the altars. Altars pile up, as anyone who's done professional root work can tell you. They really pile up with wax and dust and incense, ash, and all sorts of things. And so they do require uh, an occasional cleaning. And I usually do it around spring, but I started early this year around. So, you know, it was a nice little treat. But now the house smells wonderful uh, and and sparkling and spiritually uplifting. So it's been quite a productive and busy day. Uh let's check in with Papa Nu. Welcome. Glad to have you as guest co host. Uh, my Thank fellow Taurus. How are you doing?
2: You know, it's been quite busy here, and I understand the whole uh, cleaning and also organizing has been my uh, big task, especially this week with new uh, tasks and adventures coming up, and I have fallen behind on getting back to my clients, so if you're listening, I will get back to you this week, um, but yeah, it's it's been good here in Omaha, just trying to get through the winter, and uh, yeah. It seems to be the uh, cold theme here for touring.
1: <laughs> yeah seems to be the theme for Torin's cleaning and organizing right now because I'm pretty sure Miss Kat was doing the exact same thing last week. So there's something definitely going on there, which is, uh, you know, it happens. It always lines up in that way. <laughs> Glad to have you. This is going to be a really fun journey uh, into a, a fun, fun topic. We have Stuart Palm joining us from Hong Kong. So we're entirely an international show. Uh, Very excited about that. Welcome, Stuart. Glad to have you join us.
3: Glad to be here. The future is uh, is good.
1: Yeah, this is your second time, I think, on the show. Um, Yeah. So we're very glad to have you back. Last time we had a great time uh, having a a discussion. This time around, you brought us a really fascinating topic. But before we get into the topic, could you give – our audience, uh, for those that may have missed you the first time around, just a brief introduction into you and your practice and what can they expect from you if they, if, you know, they turn to you for, for reading or assistance. Uh,
3: So I I live in Hong Kong and uh, I have a practice of um, hypnotherapy coaching. And uh, in that practice, I give readings and, do root work and folk mm. magic things. And and so people come to me and they don't necessarily know that, that side every, all the time. And, and my studio is such that they would, they would get the idea that there's uh, more being offered than, than um, regular hypnosis stuff as possibilities. Uh, but I also get people who come to me directly for readings and stuff. So I, I, uh, there's a lot of variety in the clients that I have. Um, In terms of what I do, um, usually I'm reading with cards um, as the oracle, but I also do scrying. And uh, the reason I picked the the theme today is because, and I'm sure this is true of anybody who gives reading, uh, you you get people who come who want to connect to lost um, loved ones and relatives all the time. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't advertise myself as a medium. I don't. uh, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm an extra large, actually. Um, (laughs) But I will work with them. Um, And what I like to do is to give them ways and teach them ways that they can connect to those people themselves Mm -hmm. instead of giving them my experience of their uh, uh, Mm -hmm. loved ones. Uh so that's kinda what I what I thought, hey let's talk about that. <laughs> because I'm fascinated, yeah. but I'm sure you also get get those clients who want to that's you know, that's their chief concern. Oh, um, absolutely. Yes, the other yeah, reason I, I think brought that's it up a, is it. that sorry, there's a lag I think and so uh you, go ahead and talk.
1: <laughs> no 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 please, you were finishing your thought.
3: Yeah, so the other reason that I brought that up is that I, I do live in Hong Kong. Uh, which um, has some very interesting traditions of connecting to the dead, uh, and so I'm happy to talk about those and, and and how fascinating and interesting they are, and what's different about them.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think this is a, a fascinating topic and one that's really uh, interesting, I think, to, to most people. So let's dive right, let's dive right in. I'll give a brief introduction and I'll turn this over to you, Stuart, uh, and then we'll have Papa Nu jump in as well, and we'll have a free flowing conversation about this. Now, the term <clears throat> mediumship is found within the tradition of hoodoo, necromancy, slightly less so. Uh, necromancy is more of a European term, but we can also use it in a sort of anthropological way to describe a certain magical technique, and that is communing with the dead in order to gain answers. That form of technology or spiritual technology is found within voodoo, has a deep roots within the Congolese and West African tradition, uh, and is an important part of uh, what root workers do. Uh, Most people think of root work today, and they think of Catholic saints and certainly the saints have become very popular. Papa Newt uh, is quite famous for his work with uh, Catholic saints um, and several root workers. But the Catholic saints are actually uh, much more popular online than they are kind of in the Southern tradition. Indeed, the kind of old tradition that you find in, say, Mississippi, found in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Conjure, what you'll find is that people refer to God the devil, and the dead. Those are the kind of three forces that people work with in order to achieve their ends or to receive insight, etc. And so the dead feature very prominently in hoodoo and mediumship with the dead or necromancy with the dead is a common practice. Not again, not always called that way. For example, uh, my teacher, Mama Jay never used the word uh, necromancy ever. But she had an ancestor altar, and she would work with the ancestors, and she would ask questions of the ancestors. And the way that she read her tarot cards were through the intervention of the ancestors. And so the spirits of the dead are there, and a very important feature in uh, the sort of divinatory practices, the practices of gaining insight. And there are many people who may not even uh, Ascribe to say uh, a hoodoo, but who are part of black spiritual practices in America, who do have strong ancestral traditions, who know about leaving water for ancestors, who know about the family Bible, who know about uh, creating connections with the dead. So there is a, a lot of sort of traditions here, both uh, directly and intentionally magical as well as those that we would consider folkloric or folk traditions that have been passed down. So we'll have a kind of a gamut conversation here. But when you say mediumship and necromancy, what are some of the methods, techniques that you use and that you prescribe to your clients, Stuart? Well,
3: when it comes to necromancy, it's a, I, I think the term makes it sound a lot darker, somehow, then I think the pract the regular practice is, and in many ways, um, a lot of what I do involves necromancy, because I do have ancestral guides that I connect to, and that help me give a reading that help me uh, in most spiritual practices, there's different energies that I guide from. But I know that there always are uh, ancestors involved to some degree. I always have that with me. Um, and, and if I'm going to connect or look at other spirit energies, I'm doing that not um, from my own energy. I'm doing that through my ancestors. And, and I think that's a quite common practice with with. All people, whether they realize it or not, uh, who are reading in some way, does that does that make sense?
1: Oh yeah, 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 absolutely.
3: So calling it necromancy is <clears throat> uh, is maybe not exactly the right c- c- complete right term, but but I think that it relates in that sense. Um, my my when I was very young, my first steps into this world were through gathering around a Ouija board and experiencing mm. that uh, connection. And I think that that has stayed with me. Um, when I, I, I have a book that I wrote on on the pendulum. And when I do, there's a little practice in there where you ask who's guiding your pendulum? Where's that coming from? And a strong, uh, a strong connection when I do that little test is that it's um, my aunt, my grandmother are, are part of that connection. So that is one of the, I guess it's, it's one of the arms of the way that I read. Mm. Um, In terms of mediumship, I have always felt uncomfortable although fascinated by um, people who, uh, being the guy who is going to commune with your ancestors and tell you exactly what they're saying and give you guidance through them. I um, feel it's much more empowering for people to, for, for them to connect with their own ancestors. And so what I do is I I take them through a ritual, which I'm going to explain in a little bit, um, where they have a question answered or create a conversation uh, through their own dream state with their own ancestors so that they can have the closure they're looking for. So they can have the the question that they have on their mind that they didn't get to ask or that they're worried about addressed and, and often answered. Because I think that's what people come for. I think that's why they have um, what what they're doing. They they want to know,
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: you know, is it okay? Are we okay? That's what they want. Are we good?
1: Yeah. Th- this is this is a really, I think you bring up a really important point. That part of this is about empowering the client themselves. Not just about granting answers in a sort of slot machine fashion, but giving them the tools they need in order to make that connection, in order to build that resonance, in order to feel empowered. Um, And I think that that is very true. I do note that there is, I think particularly when it comes to mediumship, I tell clients and students of mine that uh, when it comes to psychic ability, people tend to fall into two sort of camps with a select few that are kind of in the middle. There are those that are sort of analytic readers. And analytic readers do really well with things like astrology. These are people who right. like really war, well-worn paths um, and and can kind of stick to it. And then there are those that are subjective readers or interpretive readers. And these are people that are storytellers by nature. They can read tea leaves, mm. they can read cards, they can read uh, anything. I used to joke that uh, that you know casting colored paper clips, you could read those. Um, and, joke, it's totally. true. and then there are some people, and there are people that kind of fall in the middle. Miss Cat is one of them. I'm one of those that can kind of blend between the two, but it is difficult. Um, And most people tend to fall into one or the other. And mediumship is one that is very clearly on the interpretive side. It requires an element of intuition. It It requires an element of trust of the self and trust of spirit that it can be somewhat tricky to develop. That said, it is a skill you may have an aptitude for it or you may lack an aptitude for it but everyone can develop some skill in it so papa new i wanted to bring you into this. uh what are some ways that you help to develop the ability of mediumship which is i uh, wish should interestingly point out too is that when we talk about necromancy and we talk about uh you know ancestors that's technically what the saints are as well, the ancestors mm-hmm. of the church. And so there is a right. built-in tradition of recognizing the power of ancestors uh, already within even mainstream religion and folk religion um, that I think is quite powerful.
2: Right, and it's, and it's not even really uh, recognized. Um, I, I was mm-hmm. raised just like, oh, you can pray to St. Anthony. I watched my mom pray to St. Anthony and, and saw miracles happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like, gosh, you know, Catholics were just a bunch of necromancers back in the day, really. Uh, except for <laughs> his mom. You know, it's like she can't be in those catacombs. No, let's change stuff. So, um, But it is interesting working with the spirits and the mediumship. Now, I've been slowly just kind of experimenting with uh, mediumship, but I do find that um, just like anything that is a spiritual, of anything of practice, you do need to cultivate. And the biggest thing is, you know, the quieting of your mind. Now, if you partake in various forms of meditation or centering prayers or anything along those lines are key factors to start to tune into those subtler messages that are present within um, the the space around you. And, and so I tell anybody that gets started uh, to, to start doing that. Now, I, I read Bones. I don't normally read the Bones when I'm on the radio show because I find it a little hard to describe. But, you know, I do find that there is a little level of mediumship because sometimes I get impressions or I hear something and I'll just bring it up and it's like spot on. Um, I even have had one time reading at the store people that came to me and wanted, to, wanted me to do mediumship. On, on one of their family members with a bones, it's like, well, okay, I've never done it before. Let's, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And I hit it. They they The person committed suicide. Um, that was an intense experience, and I've had my own experience with a friend committed suicide in college. Uh, so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that again. Later that week, another person wanted to do the same thing, and another person that was committed suicide. So I was like, I'm not going to do this because I'm not myself ready for um that intense Mm -hmm. level because when you do mediumship you come you know those those the spirits of the dead have their stories a wide variety of stories and um it can it takes
3: a lot out of you oh yes
2: um I've watched a medium that has come to a, a store here in Omaha and I, I watch him, and it's like, I'll just watch them just above their head. And it looks like a, a, just when you look at a flame of a candle and that just little weightiness that's above it, that's what's going on with him. And, and he's worn out by the end of, uh, they're done. And it, mm-hmm. it's a
4: lot of work. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mediumship ranges too. This is something that we should mention mm-hmm. is that they can, uh, particularly if you, if you come at this from the African diasporic traditions, mediumship comes in in a multitude of different ways. There's ways yeah. in which the dead are communing and you're kind of passing along messages. Uh, there are ways of, of creating a sort of space for them in which they're guides and helpers. And then there are uh, examples of far more Intense connections. There are, for example, possession practices that we find mm-hmm. in Kardecan forms of Spiritism, we find in the ATRs, uh, the African traditional religions. Uh, and so, mediumship has a sort of diverse experience, but all of it involves a very intense connection, uh, and one that does need to be built over time and, I think, mm-hmm. quite carefully. This is, uh, this is, again, an area where it's important to be able to distinguish your voice from others, to have some sort of spiritual fortitude. And so my recommendation, always for clients, is to start with the spirits you know. Don't just open up the door, sure. right? Don't just, be, don't just be like, you know what, I'm ready to be immediate. Spirits come forward. Start with your ancestors. Start with the immediate dead. Start with the people you know you can have a conversation with or who have an interest in having a conversation with you. And most importantly, particularly with Hudu tradition, the idea is to test the spirit. You test the spirit to ensure that you are not dealing with a trickster spirit or a dangerous spirit or a parasitic spirit. So those are the kind of the, the guidelines toward this. My question uh, for you, sir, is how, how would a client, Start to develop the ability to hear The spirits Let's say they don't have the ability to hear Or sense. What's a good practice In addition to kind of quieting the mind As uh, Papa Newt mentioned What's something that they can do to develop that skill And to start discerning between their voice And the spirit's voice
3: Well there are a lot of ways um, but, uh, But any practice That I That uh, heightens your unconscious state uh, that that opens mm. your your sort of gets past your um, what what in, what in hypnosis we call critical faculty but the, the the thing that allows you to go into the unconscious that anything that gets you there easier is going to open you up to connecting to spirits and and you, spirit and your own ancestors um, scrying for me was the doorway. Uh, practicing scrying opened me up to seeing and experiencing way more than I expected. Um, and, and through clients, I started to see that I could be correct on that. And I, I still didn't feel like, well, I, I you know, I'm going to go start doing mediumship work, but I saw that that was something that I had. Um, and I, I don't know, cause I don't, I assume from my own experience that it's a possibility that everyone could attach to but i don't know if that's right mm. um in in the clients that i have some people have very strong uh experiences where they can intensely experience their ancestor that they're looking to connect with mm-hmm. um, some people just get inklings that they're there or a feeling um, so, there's a wide range of having that experience. And I do think that over time, the more you do it, the stronger you develop it. Um, the first step I always tell people is to build a space for them in your home. Uh, I have here in, in my studio, I have <laughs> a few different ancestors in, in a sort of altarpiece. And I'm mm. sure that that's Pretty much across the board internationally, a practice of readers uh, who connect with spirit energy of uh, or ancestral energy to make an altar of some form for those people, feed them in some way. Uh, I you know I set out oranges for my grandfather. I light uh, incense to them daily and um, remind you know remind them that you are open to connecting, and they will start the, that will start to come in. Uh, I Mm. I, I think that that's going to start to come in on its own the more you do that Uh, and talk to them, you know, like, (laughs) you know, when nobody's around, I guess for some people about, I'll I'll talk to my ancestors when people are around, I don't care. Um, But but you can openly talk to them and and ask them questions and, and it will help you organize a lot of things in your own life because they do see things from a different perspective that we don't have the ability to connect to.
1: All right. Excuse me. Mhm. Mhm. No, that's uh, that's Drink fantastic. I, I, I think the uh, building an altar is, as you rightly pointed out, or at least a space for them, or something that is found almost right. universally. Right. I'm use the keyword here almost, but definitely found across traditions, and the idea of building that connection over time. What's fascinating about it is it's not just about building space. It's about building the attention too, right? Because uh-huh. time goes into right. that space. Dedication goes into it. You're working at it. It's like visiting a family member, right? You go, you build uh-huh. that relationship. Papa New, you mentioned you know, and, Martin and I,
3: Holman's... go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say and and uh if you don't know find out the things that they like like I uh, I have an ancestor that that I didn't know very well he died when I was uh a baby and uh so I asked my father what were his favorite things and so I you know I I learned that he liked uh to always have a bowl of nuts around he ate you know cashews and almonds and any kind of nuts and so I leave him nuts and you know so you create you mm-hmm. learn more about them too as you go through this process yeah. this is which is quite nice
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, I, I always tell clients that you start off with a glass of water, but eventually you find out that maybe they're a tea drinker. So it's now a cup of tea <laughs> or a cup of coffee. So you you learn what they like and you add their preferences. Uh, Papa, you mentioned Martin Coleman's book, Communing with the Dead, which oh, yeah. is a phenomenal book. Could you speak a little bit about that?
2: Uh, well, and what I liked about his book, and you already touched on this, it's it is this process of, you know, setting up space, creating, calling in your ancestors, but even then, it's still a portion of test, 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 mm-hmm. uh, partly because, you know, your ancestors know who you are. Even if you never got to meet them or there's those that have been way back in the mm-hmm. – in the. Uh, early days, uh, they know you. You are an extension of them. So as a whole, as a collection, they want the best for you. And at the same time, when you start to become, because it's rec- recognize that nobody can take your connection from your ancestors away from you. That connection is there through your blood. Um, mm-hmm. And what you're doing when you start to set up a space or to spend that time, it is more to focus on that connection that is already there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even then it is depending on your space and, and the, the spirits of the land you reside on, there might be some spirits that come in to say, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm aunt so-and-so. And you've got to test, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you don't know for sure until you get that familiar with that connection. And it just takes a little bit of time Treat, you know, be uh, be easy on yourself. Just talk with family members who are still alive. Learn the stories that you can, and even those that you know. There's the generation that knew of those people um, uh, are gone. Still call out to them and invite them. It's like I want to know your story. I want to come to me and help mm-hmm. me find about you. And um, but Martin Coleman's book is just a very phenomenal. book. Book that really helps people to get started and, and don't expect results right away. I think it's, if I remember correctly, it's like a three or so month process
4: mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of
2: building up. And I always equate that to like people, if you go out to start working out, you go into the gym for the very first time, do not expect to lift 500 pounds or whatnot or get totally shredded. Right. You got to work into it.
3: Definitely. This is really. Uh, what are some really ways that point. you use to, to ask those questions? um per- personally i i i always go back to pendulums uh because it, it's such an easy direct way mm-hmm. um uh-huh. another way is there, there's a chinese practice called um uh, moon blocks uh that mm-hmm. will ask yes and no questions um and i can talk about that a little more if, if you guys are unfamiliar um, but what are the ways that you would use to test uh the spirit uh to get that interface where you can ask yes or no. I mean, the the classic, I guess, would be the Ouija board. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you use personally?
2: Um, I am one one for pendulums. uh, But, yeah, I'm one for pendulums. Uh, Spirit boards and such, uh, I I like to use them from time to time, but I find that uh, the pendulum helps helps because I I have I set up my pendulum, it only moves when it's a yes. That's it. I keep it very simple. <laughs>
4: um mm.
2: you know, I, I don't got times like this way is yes, this way is no. It's like no, it's just move. Um but I've been just learning to also listen. And that is something real quick I wanna say if you do set up a space mm. um to you know, you can talk to them. You can lay out all your problems, how your day going, but sit there and listen. I had one client that set up a mm, sure. and it's like they're not spending enough time. It's like they're give their problems like, okay, gotta go, bye. No, sit there, listen.
4: Mm, that's, that's a really yeah. good
1: point. I I tell clients that one of the go- ways to kind of build the listening skill is to keep. A journal. Uh, this is an important practice mm-hmm. for ensuring that you start to develop the ability to distinguish between your voice and the voice of spirit, your intuition and what spirit is telling you.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's particularly good if you extend that to a dream journal. Because what this does is it develops mm-hmm. the vocab what I call the psychic vocabulary. You start to write down what your dreams are. You start to journal, and you effectively say, okay, I dreamt about this, and then this happened. Or I asked my ancestor this question, and then I dreamt of a rose. This starts to develop the language that you are going to need in order to commune with your ancestors. Not everyone hears. Some people see. Some people smell. This is an important component of the work, is recognizing that you have different skills, different senses that are going to be naturally inclined towards this work. And so journaling, and you've got to be very rigorous with it too. I tell people, don't be, don't fall into the trap of deluding yourself. This is an area where you can very easily convince yourself of anything. So this is why the journaling builds in accountability. Be honest, be clear, write down what it is that Uh, you thought you saw, and what happened, you know, a week later. Mm -hmm. Keep it all in that journal. Someone's going to see it. It's yours. Be as honest as you can with yourself. Uh, And you'll find that it actually does work very, very well. And it will help you to develop the ability to discern. It takes time, and that's the key here. It takes time. No It does, and I want to say real quick, I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, no, uh, sorry,
2: I, I, real quick, it's just a thought too. Remember that you have ancestors that do come from a time that is very different than today. So communication mm-hmm. may be different. Yeah. Uh, the way they express mm-hmm. things are gonna be different. And that's also that element that's part of that taking time too to
1: distinguish. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And Dr. Jeremy Weiss mentions here, the presence of various smells can indicate spirits. Rose scent is famous. This is true. Scent in particular is associated with spirits. Uh, And so smelling is is not uncommon. And I think uh, Lovely Dove earlier mentioned that she uh, or they smelled uh, cigarette smoke and that that can be a a, a scent from a spirit. So that's not uncommon. Scent is one way that you can know that a spirit is present, uh, knowing that they communicate in different ways. That's also very important. Maybe a spirit will manifest as a phantom spell or maybe as a sight or maybe as a as a sound. That This is where the, the, the kind of skill of journaling develops. And the other component is to stick to one type of divinatory practice that you find useful. The pendulum was brought up here. I think that's a great, great tool. You find something that works for you and you stick with it. Or maybe it's cards. Maybe it's uh, the pendulum. Maybe it's flipping a coin. Maybe it's a variety of different things. But you find something that works and you use it. You use it with the spirit and you trust. This is how we're going to have a conversation. This is how we're going to talk. Maybe it's the spirit board. You're going to commune through this. But again, you've got to work at it over time. Okay, we've talked a little bit about sort of the developing Uh, the ability to hear. We've talked a little bit about the tools needed to do do so. Let's kind of get down into some of the brass tacks here. We uh, don't have a a caller sign up, so we're actually going to extend our conversation through that very first call so we've got more time to discuss. When we say alter, it's one word that we all three of us have used here so far, and we've talked about a space. What does that look like? Um, because they do look very different. They can be very sparse. They can be uh, kind of elaborate. uh, And culture plays a big role here. Uh, What cultural background you have, and again, not all cultures come from a tradition of working with the dead. But in the Hoodoo tradition, a common way of establishing an altar is generally some type of white cloth. Uh, In the south, we saw a lot of white doilies. Uh, some type of family Bible, uh, cups of water, and photos. Those are generally considered the standards on any sort of ancestor altar you would find in traditional Southern Hoodoo. What are some other things that either of you, will start with Papa New, and then we'll go to uh, Stuart, uh, what are some things that you put on your altar or that you recommend clients do so? You know, I, I always check as... His-
2: um, when I first learned about uh, uh, the idea of ancestral veneration, you know, being, you know, I was Catholic, so there was a form of it, but it's not to this point when I read about these altars and whatnot. Now, back in the day, I used to live in a studio, and uh, and there wasn't much space that, you know, and I always read these things where it's like, oh, gosh, it's it's like don't have an altar in your bedroom and all that stuff. So, um I did start off really simple, and I depend on uh, clients. I get clients that don't have much space. You can, and this is something I did when I started, was to have a white cloth. I had a little container that had a rock, two rocks. One that was smooth and curvy that represented all the feminine aspects of all my ancestors. One that was angular and jagged for all the masculine energies of, or, you know, uh, masculine side of my uh, ancestors. And these were my representation for, like, the ascended ancestors. They've been around for so long that there's, like, no, no judgment uh, uh, per se. And, and that whole ritual, in and of itself, of bringing out the box opening it up, bringing out the cloth, what became a ritual in and of itself. And it was very simple. Mm. That's all I had for the longest time. Um, and so I always, I'm one to always say, you know, keep it simple. But as I got into having a little bit more space, uh, I did obtain uh, items from certain, certain, uh, family members that passed away. And so I do have these as a focal point. Um, but always will have water there, and I still have those stones uh, there representing those ascended ancestors. But I just keep mine very simple. Mm, that's it's
1: beautiful. How about you, Stuart?
3: Well, my um, my inclination uh, is, is more dramatic, I guess, and, and uh, my background is in fine art, so I everything becomes a piece of artwork in my world. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, my altar, my, my studio or or office is kind of an extended altar. When you look around the whole place, it becomes the whole, the whole place has magical working stuff um, going on. There is a specific focal point uh, on a shelf. And you walk in, I'm standing at that shelf now uh, where I have multiple uh, ancestors um, Alter is not the word I would use, but it's the easiest word to communicate it, and I think that's why I used it before. Um, and the things that are there that are different, I think, are from Chinese influences. So um, I'm always burning incense there, and you burn incense in threes, so always three sticks uh, for ancestral connection in the Chinese tradition. And the cloth that I have is not a white cloth. It's an old Chinese silk cloth that uh, was my grandmother's. So there's that connection. If it was theirs, then um, then then it's stronger for me anyway. Uh, for my grandfather, I also have a peacock feather because where he – well, actually, where three of my ancestors are buried, uh, peacocks live. So there's that – there's little things like that that connect – uh that i know that they would recognize and i recognize connects to them um i also have old coins there's a lot of stuff uh singing bowls here you go oh. so as as part of my ritual um i will mm. light incense and then i will ring the bowls as sort of a hello you know where are i hey, i'm starting work now that that's Mm-hmm. How that works. Um, I think that covers everything. Water. I, I also have bowls of water. I, I, oh, and elements. You you had mentioned um, having having round objects and 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 then rough objects. I really like that as well. I I always make sure I have represented the you know earth, air, fire, and water but also I use the Chinese side. So on a Chinese altar, you always have uh, water, um, earth, fire, metal, and I'm missing one. Earth, water, fire, metal, and uh, wood and wood. (laughs) Those are the five Chinese elements. And so the, those are represented in some way on all the altar spaces that I have.
1: Oh, that's interesting. And, and as you
3: rightly noted,
1: uh, very artistic. Uh, the, you know, I think one of the components of, of uh, ancestor altars is that it is a dialogue between you and the ancestor. It's not just a, a random space, but it is a shared space. Between you and spirit, and so it's going to change and look different for different people. There will be some kind of cultural guidelines, I think, certainly, um, but also I think there are uh, lots of areas of, of experimenting and figuring it out. There's times where you'll put something on altar and be like, "Oh, nope, that definitely doesn't go there." <laughs> you'll feel it. You'll know. You're like, "Yeah, that was Something is off here." Uh, And there'll be other times where you put something on there and it's like the heavens thing, right? It's perfect. It's it's exactly where it needs to be. And that's you understanding that you were building a connection with your ancestor. One thing that we haven't uh, discussed that I think is important in any type of work that involves the dead, necromancy, and mediumship, you do have to have a strong spiritual constitution. We've talked about how this work can be draining. We've talked about how this work can certainly be tricky. And so, a strong connection with some type of guardian is important here. Before you dive into uh, ancestor work, make sure you're right with your creator. God, whatever force or power that you uh, you know find spiritual succor from, it is important to do so. So I do tell clients that um, as they're developing their ancestor work, they should develop a practice of prayer or meditation or whatever sure. it is that allows them to build that connection with something higher than them themselves. It's a way of attuning yourself. It's a way of kind of centering and grounding yourself and also gives you the spiritual kind of protection and fortitude you need to kind of delve into these realms. Not that you're going to open yourself up to demons or whatnot but you know there does need to be some type of spiritual backbone or spine here uh, that's got your back. Uh, would you both uh, agree to that and are there ways that you develop uh, that skill or recommendation that you have for clients uh, as they get started,
4: I um, completely agree.
1: It,
2: yeah, same here. It's and it's with that time that you're doing the work, your prayers, you're uh, just doing the work. You are also building up a level of um, a spiritual authority, if you will, um, and like for for me with. Being Catholic gone through the sacraments like it or not, I've gone through the sacraments. So, you know, that's there. Um, So I do for me, I do tap into the Catholic part of me uh, when I am working with spirits, because a lot of times I will. Uh, in my prayers, I will say something like in the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. Through these three names, I call upon you, and then I'll say the person. So I'm only calling upon mm. that person to, uh, through these three names. Only that person can come through. Anything else tries to come through, you've got to go through the Trinity. Have fun.
4: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I,
3: I, I have uh, another Sort of when before I light the 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 incense uh to the ancestors, I have candles that I light for other things and then incense that I light to a higher power uh because that that gets its respect first and then i and then I go to the ancestors uh but the other the the bigger thing uh for me is daily meditation um so i i' will I'll, I'll sit and meditate mm. every day uh and and Usually when I'm first getting to my office, or when I first wake up, are the strongest okay. times.
1: Mm, yeah, building that
3: practice, and see, this is a
1: what's interesting is this is a theme that we've been de- developing throughout this conversation. Is that this is a practice, it's a routine, uh, and it doesn't sound glamorous sometimes when we think of magic. Uh, we think of, of fantastic spells and complex rituals and all these different kind of <laughs> hollywoodesque images spring to mind for people mm-hmm. but a great deal of it is a spiritual practice it's something that you develop over time it's something that you take uh, takes dedication that uh, requires you putting in the effort um, and and part of this is, is what develops you know, what you can ask and what you can do with the ancestors. The more time you spend with them, the more time you develop that connection, the stronger your answers will be, the stronger mm-hmm. insights you'll get, the more likely they will be to help out in a particular
4: instance,
1: uh, whether it's a, uh, an issue of, hey, I need help with this money matter. Hey, I need help with this uh, health matter. Etc. they're more likely to do so. It's harder if you randomly start, you know, you just start randomly and then go, hey, I need $20,000 by next month. Now the ancestors aren't <laughs> going to be particularly inclined to dive right in and help you, especially if they've been kind of watching you over your, all your entire life and you haven't really been giving them any attention until you need that. huh. Right. So there's, there's, a, there's a practical reason why. You're not just developing your own skills and abilities. You're also developing a relationship. You're developing the friendship. These spirits aren't a slot machine. They're real. So they have their own proclivities and personalities uh, and inclination. And being able to recognize that in order to kind of build a rapport is going to help you in your own kind of sphere of influence. You're increasing it every time you spend a little bit of time with your ancestors. And that's the other thing is that you're not just doing, you know, you don't just set up a space and forget it. You build a weekly practice. I tell people every Sunday, every Sunday or every Monday, they're really great days. Commune. Commune. Spend some time. Or maybe maybe it's a daily practice. Every morning before you get up and go to work, that's what you do. You spend a little bit of time. Making sure that the ancestor altar is uh, cleaned up, that you placed a fresh cup right. of water, that you light that incense, uh, that you give fruit, etc. And that's the uh, that's the thing that you'll you'll discover like ancestors want things like, hey, make mm-hmm. sure you put a cup of coffee out for me, and so you put out the cup of coffee. You know. Right
2: and. I, I will say real quick, you know, setting up the, like an ancestral altar and really focusing on that, that awareness of that connection to that family tree, that tree of your ancestors, you then start to become aware of even the, the healing that may be needed within that, that tree. Mm. Uh, as uh, uh, I've been with working with a client uh, that has, you know, alcoholism in their family. And now, of course, there is the psychological element there. There's the physical elements that are there that can cause these. But I have been finding that there there seems to be uh, uh, this, this trend showing up in future generations because this element was never healed for this person um, uh, that passed on. And so you, becoming more and more aware, you may... You know, it's, and you don't have other family members doing this type of work, it may come down to you to help with the healing process that's needed for some of those ancestors that need it, and that's why we pray for them. I mean, we might have uh, Uncle Joe, who was uh, just a very um, unfortunate, unhappy person and hated everyone. We don't really quite call upon them for the help we need for this, but we still pray for them
1: and hope their spirits evolve and grow. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. And I think that brings up our kind of a final conversation, if you will, the last few minutes, is the role of spiritual uh, elevation, that is, the elevating of ancestors. There is a spiritual benefit for ancestors here as well. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit uh, about this. Is What do the ancestors get from us? In addition to kind of offerings, what is it that they get from us? Uh, we'll start with Stuart, and then we'll, we'll kind of go to you, uh, Papa Newton, and we'll wrap it up.
3: Wow, what do they get from us? I I don't I don't often consider that angle, and I really like it. Um,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: they, it's like giving them uh, a, a a phone cord back to Earth. It's like, I mean. I, I I think it's respect. Um, it's, and it's energy for them to, to, I don't, I mean, I don't presume to understand what that side is like at all, but I know that there's something I know that there's Mm -hmm. otherwise, why would it work? Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's, um, yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm going to have to think on that Mm -hmm. one. I, I like that question. No, that's, (laughs) <laughs> That's fine,
1: Papa Lou?
2: Um, From my observation so far, it's it's you know to not only is it to give them honor for what they have done in their lifetime, because I mean I've I've had some some uh, grandparents that were through the Dust Bowl, you know, uh, when that took place mm-hmm. and the Depression and all that stuff, uh, and they did everything they could so your family line could continue. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so it's just that honor and that memory, but it also, you know, those little things of when we offer like their, the food that they enjoy, the, the, what they used to drink, or even just little items they once had also gives them that, that little mm, energetic, you know, essence, uh, uh mm-hmm. to their, to their, uh, to their being. And it just, uh, helps to keep things going further too, his, yeah, once that family agree, line is gone, who's, who's going to remember their story?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, in addition to, to being their link to the living, right, to the living mm-hmm. world, uh, as well as the sort of things that they remember fondly, uh, the cup of tea that they enjoyed, the um, sweet that they liked, the chocolate that they enjoyed, et cetera, There is very clearly, particularly within – certain uh, traditions within Hoodoo, the idea that the ancestors get elevated. The ancestors Mm -hmm. receive something in turn from us, whether it is through our prayers, through the light. There's a reason why candles and water are so commonly used in in this tradition, and that's because both are seen as elevating the ancestors. There's a whole tradition, for example, in Virginian conjure of ghost laying, of using water in particular to cool the spirit of an ancestor or the dead that is uh, hot or angry or frustrated. And so there is this element that, that ancestors in turn get something from us just as we gain insight from them. So too are they elevated in their relationship with us, in our prayers for them and so what this right. kind of comes down to at the end of the day is that this is a deeply spiritual practice uh, spirit being the sort of pun here is that this is not a mechanistic thing this isn't even transactional and i think it's important for people for people to understand that a lot of times and i think this is the kind of drawback of the the sort of modern convenience of the internet to some extent Is that while these traditions have become popularized, and it's great, sometimes people view this as a sort of uh, vending machine that you just ask, you know, oh, you know, tomorrow I need to get that job. So, you know what, I'm going to light that candle to Uncle Jimmy and make sure that Uncle Jimmy gets me that job or, uh, you know, in the same way that the saints, I think you can attest to this, Papa, is that some of the popularity of the saints has become almost transactional, and that's slightly uncomfortable for anyone who was born or raised within that tradition who recognizes that there is a give and take, and there's an honesty in that give and take. But at the end of the day, that this is much more than a transactional relationship. This is about building a spiritual rapport Uh, And that gets lost in translation, which is why I think this conversation was such a fun conversation and a much-needed discussion. Uh, So we do thank you, uh, uh, Stuart, for for bringing this topic to our panel. We actually had a little bit of a longer discussion here, uh, which is quite uh, fantastic. Um, We don't always get a chance to kind of extend our conversation and keep it going. The panel always seems, uh, you know, a bit truncated. So this was quite nice. Thank you both for your... (laughs) I know we could go on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been great. Yeah, we do have a caller. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to come back to our caller. Uh, Hopefully, we can have uh, Stuart come back uh, at the end. We're going to have him do a really interesting free spell. He uh, said it's a little bit different, so this is going to be exciting. Be sure to stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, come back, uh, do a caller, and then free spell at the end.
2: Oh, oh. Jeremy.
4: Oh, sorry. Um.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, this is uh, the lucky mojo. Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your uh, host, man Ali, and guest host, Papa Newt, and this week's special guest, Stuart Palm. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a director of a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And also by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of uh, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at Crystal Now it's time to go to the phones and talk with our next client our caller is Tamara calling from area code 2 uh 6619 in San Diego. Uh Tamara, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi. How are you?
4: Good, thank you.
0: Well, um you I understand have not uh had a, a reading about this situation. Uh yet have you? No. From Contra Ali. Okay. Well, um, uh, Tamara's situation is a little bit complicated. She writes in, uh, I have been with my boyfriend for four years and recently found out that I am pregnant. We are both older and have been making plans for our future, but a baby wasn't one of them. I want to have a baby, but he's dead set against it to the point I don't even know if we're together at this point and he's very angry um, because she hasn't terminated the pregnancy. Will he, Tamara would like to know, will he eventually come around and uh, work on the future that they have been planning all this time together? Thanks, Dr. Jeremy. That was, uh, thank you very much. Uh,
1: let me ask you a couple questions, Tamara, before I get started. Now, I'm going to do your first reading, followed by uh, Stuart, and then we're going to have uh, Papa Newt come in and give you some root work recommendations. Okay. First, roughly how old are you?
4: 41.
1: And is he roughly the same age?
4: Um... Uh... Four years younger.
1: Four years younger, okay. And what sign of the zodiac are you? Taurus. And what sign is he? Uh,
4: December 9th, I believe, Sagittarius.
1: Sagittarius, yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, okay. That makes a little bit of sense. I pulled a few cards here, uh, and they tell us, the situation now, Sagittarius and Taurus can make pretty good friends, uh, and they do have a connection. There is tensions between them, um, some very clear ones. Mm-hmm. Their temperaments don't quite match up. In addition to the fire and Earth component, one is very stable and the other one is a little bit more restless. Now, mm-hmm. the first card that we have here is the Six of Wands. The Six of Wands is the announcement. This is a uh, person riding on a horse with his staff. They've got a wreath above them that is generally a sign of victory, uh, a sign of um, good news to come. This is good news. It's unexpected mm-hmm. news. It's come out of uh, nowhere, but it is good news. At the end of the day, it is news for you. And while he may not be happy about it, it is fundamentally about your body, your autonomy, more so than what he wants. That's very important to understand here, is that this is a message for you. uh, And and it, it comes with glad tidings. But those glad tidings don't necessarily translate to, hey, we're going to be a happy couple. For the next card that we have is the tower. And the tower is the present. This is where you are now. For him, it is like a lightning bolt has struck. And it has uh, kind of brought everything down. It was unexpected. It is upending. His life seems to be going in a direction he did not want it to go to, and he was entirely unprepared for it. Um, this is uh, startling for him, and it has made him angry, and it has made, brought out a little bit darker side to him. This is a Sagittarius that is afraid of being hobbled or constrained or kept from uh, finding, you know, you know, pursuing his own path. So be aware that that's where the circumstance is right now. It is a problem. It is one that if you see, you know, if you were hoping for in relationship with this guy, then where he is right now should be a warning sign. It tells you that this is a person who's not ready to step up in the way that you had hoped for. Now, does that mean that all things are over? The card that we get in the future is the King of Swords. This is a person who is not going to warm up, but who will step up. He's not gone entirely. He will be in your life, and he will certainly play a role, but it will be done begrudgingly. It will be done... Uh, not with enthusiasm or open arms. If you want him to embrace this situation enthusiastically, you will need to use magic in order to turn this. And the good news is that magic can help in this matter. It's not going to suddenly make you guys into a happy married couple, but there is an opportunity here for him to see all right, things aren't as bad as they are. I can make this do. I can come around to it. And we see this in the Wheel of Fortune. It will take time. It will require magical work on your part. As things mm-hmm. stand, his state of mind, his emotions may not entirely lessen, but he'll come to terms with it. He'll be like, all right, this is, this is it. I, I don't have much choice here. And he will step up in certain ways. You'll find that he'll still come around. There'll still be contact. You may even get uh, some type of uh, support from him. <clears throat> but if you want more, if you want something more meaningful here, then what's required is uh, magical work on on your part. Um, it's not an easy path forward. It's one that will come <clears throat> with difficulty. But the difficulty is from his side. And that's something that you need to be aware of. You've been given this news. You can decide whatever you want to do with it. But note that the tower and the hurt and the sort of, that's all on him. That's the mess he's bringing here. And you don't have to accept that. Uh, Mm -hmm. You don't have to accept that that is where you need to be. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yes. So not the best of cards, not the cards perhaps you were hoping for, not an indication of, you know, hey, we're going to get happily married tomorrow, but this is a situation that can be worked with. All hope is not lost. That's my uh, reading here. It looks like we've lost Stuart, um, unfortunately, and I don't know if he's, Uh, calling back in. But if he does call back in, we'll we'll pick him up. What we'll do is we'll have uh, Papa Newt uh, start with his root work recommendation. Uh, And then when uh, Stuart comes in, he'll jump in and give some root work recommendation, and I will as well. So we'll turn this over to Papa Newt. I think you might be on, on goodness. Mute. I'm,
2: I'm talking. I'm <laughs> and goodness. Here we go. We got this. All right. So uh, as all was saying that, you know, the, this anger and such is, is their own. And that is something that is going to be very important because uh, in my mind, top priority. You know, if you, if you're choosing to keep this child, the well-being of this child is, is, should be top priority. Um, Some elements with that anger, I would suggest, I mean, there's only going to be so much I want you to do on him. And the biggest thing is to make sure that you get him to calm down a little bit so he can start to uh, step up and start helping out. And one that I, I am one to work with is just uh, like a seven a seven uh, the a seven uh, sorry seven eleven holy oil um, anointing his photo reading like Psalms 45. It's mainly for like a, a to calm anger between a spouse and such. But that is still something to help with the situation, um, so they can see that you know they can take of this situation, but also um, still do a little bit. They have to give up some things, but, I mean that's just part of bringing a child into this world, but doesn't mean mm-hmm. that all is to end. Um, another element to, to keep things sweet, you may consider doing a little bit of a sweetening um, working, uh, putting in such elements. You may want to put in just a little elements of, of elements to control. Uh, it's the little licorice, a little uh, uh, rosemary for women's uh, strength. But also you do want to put in little things like cinnamon, little things, five-finger grass, so they do help. Now, with that anger, I, I mean,
4: sweetener,
2: sweetening, liquid honey is great, but I'm feeling more of using uh, just the powdered sugar because um, it's just that softness to the sweetness that we want just to make sure that, um, that they keep Keep coming that they keep with their responsibilities and also uh with time hope get things to sweeten up between you two, and this is something mm-hmm. that you can work um praying with uh, candles on top of it, uh anointing them with oil, just to keep things uh going and uh, do we have Stuart back yet holly
1: we do we don't, but I do have oh, some okay. uh, Yes, sorry. We're having technical difficulties, but that's okay. Um, we're going to continue on and, and, and soldier on. Uh, did you – did you were you finished with the root worker recommendations? I do have something I wanted to jump in here. Yes, please, please, jump on in. Yes, yeah, so one of the things that I highly recommend that you do is to start working towards – Uh, you and your own health as well. And that's a very important component of this is don't let yourself get so wrapped up in what this guy is bringing and his kind of chaotic emotions here because that'll have an impact on you and your health. So one thing that I always recommend for uh, people is that when you get any type of um, sonogram or, or imaging done, then place that within a picture frame and keep it safe on a surface in your home anoint this with blessing oil and light uh white candles before you can even fix the picture and what you do is you take an envelope in the back you place flax seeds, you put rosemary, you put a pinch of sugar, and you place this into the back of the picture frame, close the picture frame, anoint it all with blessing oil, um, and then uh, pray over it. Call upon uh, your ancestors, your female ancestors in the past who will uh, guide and assist you here. Um, Call upon Uh, your uh, higher creator, your God, whatever entity that you reach out with um, and, and keep that going uh, the entire Mm -hmm. time that you're pregnant. That's going to be your, your protection altar. It's going to be your health altar, Uh, any type of paperwork that you get from the baby, whatnot, keep it all on there. Keep it all in one space make sure that you keep your prayers going there and keep that attention on it. You know, work it once a week on Sundays, uh, which is fantastic for families and children. Anyways, put the sun tarot card there, which I think is a fantastic image, um, to work with. We do have a Stuart, uh, here. We're going to make him live. Let's see if this works. Uh, Stuart, Hello. are you there? I'm One here. Am I am there? <laughs> you are. You are here. We we unfortunately skipped your reading and went to uh, root work advice. But if you had any insight from your reading to share about this situation, feel free uh, to jump in now. Otherwise, we can continue with root work.
3: Yeah, sure. I'll just do this real quick. Um, I, I didn't hear all of what was said as I was knocked off, and I am in, in, on the other side of the planet, so these things happen. Um, but but I, I pulled three oracle cards and one tarot for you, and the tarot card is very telling. The tarot card is the high priestess. Um, I think you need to go with what, what you need for you on, on this, and, and so if the child is what you want, then I would follow that path. Uh, the oracle cards I have are the key, the moon, and the cornucopia. And the cornucopia mm. is very telling because that shows that things that things are going to turn out good in the end. Uh, trust your intuition. Trust your uh, heart on this. The moon shows us uh, connections, not like the tarot moon, which can be negative. The oracle moon is very positive, uh, and and in intuitive trust your intuition and your unconscious on this and the key shows mm-hmm. us that you will unlock what you need that the, your struggles now but you will um you will get to the place where the water settles if that makes sense okay
1: mm-hmm. thank you for that Stuart. yeah i think i yeah. think our readings are aligned here is that in the, in the long run, things are going to work out quite well. The key here is going to be the child and you and whatever decisions you make. That's going to be more important than uh, anything else. So that's where the majority of the focus should be at, um, and I think doing magical work in regards to that. I uh, highly recommend okay. house cleansing. Whenever there's a situation in which... Uh, you know, one partner isn't emotionally in the right place, they can bring that emotional negativity and chaos with them. So it's important to kind of cleanse the house, Chinese floor wash, wash the house from top to bottom, back to front, and then take some peace water and sprinkle that around the house. Peace water will help to settle the energies, will help to settle the spirits there, ensure that you're in the right, comfortable place uh, for whatever it is that you need uh, to do, any other that recommendations in regards to <clears throat> root work or spiritual work from Papa mm-hmm. Newt or or Stuart? Well, because there
2: is a child being brought in, and we had the discussion, you know, necromancy and uh, and such, and I got into talking with her about ancestors. You know, do you call in your ancestors of of those that that uh, were were mothers, even those that. Uh, you know, just to have that support. And I'm also from a from a Catholic perspective, I, I'm one to also call upon one of the greatest mothers um, of of a Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. which would be Mother Mary. And I do like to mm-hmm. especially work with Mother Mother Wart um, when working with uh, Mary, um, just to bring in that protection for you and your child as well, along
1: with what Ollie has recommended.
4: Okay. Oh, that's that fantastic. Great yeah. yeah.
1: Mother mother wore his gray hair. Look, you're, you're at the end of the day, don't be particularly worried about this Sagittarius. He is going to stomp. He's going to be angry. He's going to throw a little bit of a fit. He's eventually going to come around, maybe not in the way that you would hope and maybe very begrudgingly, but he will eventually kind of make his way back. It's far more important to focus on your situation um, and making sure you're in the right state, and that you do right by you, more so than than anything else. Everything else will click into place. So just bear that in mind. You're you're not in as difficult You're not in as uh, cornered of a place as you might think. You have far more options. You have far more good things ahead of you than bad things. Uh, It is tricky, and it isn't exactly the answer you were hoping for, but hopefully we've given you some guidance uh, in this particular matter. We do thank you for entrusting us with your situation. Call us back and let us know how things turned out, Um, and, and, you know, uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to take a quick break where we're going to have a network announcement and we're going to have Dr. Jeremy come in and lead us on to our free spell with Stuart Haas. And now... (laughs) all-time specific add 3 hours for eastern sponsored by the lucky mojo curio company in forestville california and online at luckymojo.com
3: okay no am i am i supposed to just jump in and get my cell, or, or did i lose you guys what happened <laughs>
2: Uh, go ahead. We'll now do our free spell with, uh, uh, with our guest, and we'll go from there. Take away stories.
3: All right. Thank you very much. Um, so what <laughs> I'm going to describe here is, is a, a, a offering that I do with clients who want to connect with a spirit energy that want to connect, uh, almost always with an ancestor who has passed, um, And they have a question a concern or something they want to communicate with that person and I do this. um, In such a way that they don't need to tell me what they want to communicate Uh, this can remain being a personal message, um, but it allows them to have uh, to open a portal, so to speak, uh, to the other side. Um, So the first thing that I ask them to do is to write that question down. And uh, in as much detail as they can, make it very clear, uh, I talk to them about how to write a good question in terms of being direct as for what you, what information you're trying to get in response from the question, um, to be positive in the way that you form this question uh, so that, that it's not a confusing question for the energy and the spirit to understand, you wanna be very clear. Um, once they write the question, I then get a large uh, metal bowl and uh, the question is folded up and added to that is um, master key oil. I usually use three drops of master key oil and I wrap into uh, this bundle uh, flash paper, which is, um, we, I don't know how often you guys, <laughs> you guys use this, but I, in, in spell work, it, I find it very uh, uh, effective. It's, it's a paper that burns rapidly. And um, then we light this in the bowl. Now, this is something that you need to you know, learn. If you're going to use the flash you don't have to use the flash paper, but uh, it helps to make this um, more spectacular. And I think that that is important in some spell work. Um, but if you're going to do it, you practice with it. So you understand that you know, highly volatile thing and you're in a controlled environment and you have a fire extinguisher in case things go wrong, always be safe. Uh, but you're going to burn the whole, uh, bundle. And, um, as you're doing this, you're going to sort of meditate and focus on creating that connection. Picture that person make an altar to them before you, uh, before you, Take on this task, uh, which could just be a, a stick of incense and a photograph, um, but but make it personal. Make make it uh, your connection with that person. You burn the bundle so that it becomes ashes. As you do this, it's important, um, I think, to focus on what colors come out of the fire, because this will help you understand where they lie on the answer to the question or or what the how this connection is being made, and and every time that I've done this, the people that we burn the the fire for, the colors that come out make sense. Um, once this is done, we take all the ashes, uh, we put them in the envelope because um, you're going to use that envelope to connect to them in your own dream state. You put the ashes in the envelope. Usually, I seal the envelope and I create a sigil of connection to that person. Um, If you don't know how to make a sigil, look up Creating a Sigil. Uh, That's an an entire episode in its own. Uh, But I usually make a sigil that I write onto the envelope. And then that night before uh, you go to bed, before you go to sleep, you take a glass of water, you fill it half full, Um, you put the envelope like a like a bridge over the top of the cup. You don't want to cover the cup completely. You want to cover it sort of uh, the opening is, is still passes to air, but the, the envelope can set on top of the cup, if that makes sense. Um, and then in your dream that night, you will meet that person on a bridge and they will answer your question. Um, I have had only amazing experiences with this process after the experience you take the envelope you open it up and you plant those ashes uh in a in a, a tree that you know will uh, last a long time either with a new plant uh, tree or plant that you know is a long lasting plant like you know not, not something that you know is gonna uh die soon or, or it doesn't have a long life to it you want to add it to the soil or plant a new plant to grow uh, that you can nourish for a long time, or you add it to the ground of a tree that's important to you or the ancestor, but you you get what I mean. Uh, And that's
1: it. Oh, wow. This is a fantastic, Uh fantastic fruit spell. Is there, when you, is there like an offering or a thank you that you do or is that the burial is that thank you? uh, The burial of the ashes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. This is great. Is this a is this a working of your own devising, or my is this thing. something that was taught to you? <laughs> yeah, this is really great. Um, <clears throat> and really, and you were right, unique in its own way um, compared to kind of any other free spell that we've had here. This is something that uh, someone who's just starting out can do as well. I'm assuming, or um, would you would you say it's best if if they first develop the kind of ancestor altar, develop the connection, or where at which stage do you think that they can participate
3: in this? I would make an altar first and give that some time okay. until you feel that you've made the connection. However, some people, especially mm-hmm. if it's uh, it's been like a six month period. The person died. Some people will have already that strong connection. I okay. um, I I usually walk people through this, and I do the burning. And I, you know, I there's more ritual involved when I do it. I'll play gongs, and we we'll, uh, they will light incense as well to that person. Uh, we create a little altar for them as we burn the paper. So there there can be more involved. Um, but but once it's in the envelope, the rest of it is their process. So then it's that, you know, oh, they, that's they really go finish.
1: So you can, you actually do this with clients uh, and walk yeah. them through it. And, oh, that's mm-hmm. really neat. That's oh. actually super neat. Um, yeah, I, l- I love that. I love that. And then there's a process where they kind of take over.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. Thank you for this, uh, Free Spell. Um, I'm sure yeah. that everyone listening in is, is enjoyed it as much as as much as us, as me and Papa Newt did here. I think um, I'm ordering flash paper been... now. <laughs> yeah, know. I had not considered flash paper for something like this. So this is really
3: this is really the neat thing that I've experienced. Um, uh, <clears throat> I, I ha- you know, I have a woman who. Uh, there was a green was very important for her mother and the fire turned green and so that that is very mm. common these colors oh become wow important.
1: oh that's very cool very cool thank you again for this freestyle really a fun discussion uh, we're going to
4: have yeah, Dr. Jeremy thank come you.
1: in and give us a quick outro and then we're going to come back and say goodbye in a myriad
0: different ways Thank you, Conjure Man, Ollie, and to our guest co-host, Papa News. And thank you, Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com in Hong Kong for being our special guest this week. We invite you to join us next week with our special guest, um, Angela Marie Horner from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. She's from Santa Rosa, California bringing us the topic of death and mourning. Once again, we've come to uh, the end of another Lucky Mojo Voodoo Hoot Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Man Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and Papa Newt at papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm your guest announcer, Dr. Jeremy, joining you from Seattle, Washington. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com backslash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here, and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everyone, and goodbye.
1: Thanks, Dr. Jeremy, for being a great announcer. Thank you, Papa Newt, for joining us as guest co-host, and for Stuart Palm for a great topic and a great day. Thank you. all. Thanks, Thank you. everybody. everybody.